Man, if you have your Bibles, would you turn to 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. Beginning at verse 1, and David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? We know the bond that David and Jonathan had. The loyalty and covenant friendship. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel and Lodabar. Then the king sent and fetched him out of the house where he was and from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence, And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. Now shall eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertained to Saul and all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him. And thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. And when Ziba then said Ziba unto the king, according to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, the king said, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. An incredible story of grace and mercy, kindness shown unto a man. You know, the only thing that truly allows us to walk, overcoming the lame nature, our lame nature, is constant feeding at the king's table. The only thing that allows us to overcome this lame nature that we all have. It's a part of all of us. It's who we are. Our only hope of overcoming it is constant feeding at the king's table. You see, it's a life positioned at the table. It's a life seated at the table, a life steady at the table, a life that finds nourishment and strength and satisfaction, and energy at the table of the Lord. 
It's our only hope of overcoming that lame nature that we all struggle with and fight against. You know, where would we be without the king's table? Where were we before we were invited to the king's table? Where were we before we were welcomed as a son or as a daughter? To pull up to the king's table. Verses 3 and 4, And the king said, Is there not any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? God has been so kind to us, has he not? Christ has been so kind to us. Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he's in this place called Lodabar. Lodabar, what does that mean? It means without pasture, pastureless. It's a desert place. And that's where we all are without an invitation into the king's house. A desert life plagued by our, our lame condition. Where were we? Where did we lodge? Where did we dwell? And where did we feed? And where did we find nourishment and strength and satisfaction and energy before we were welcomed to the king's table, before we experienced the mercy and grace and kindness of the king. We were in a desert place, a wilderness, a wasteland, a place without pasture. You see, that's all this world has to offer. Feeding anywhere else, other than the king's table, only band-aids the problem. It only band-aids our condition. Sure, it helps. It helps us cope. It allows us to continue living. Sure, there are feelings of satisfaction, but you know what? Feelings aren't enough. Can you live a lifetime feeding in the land without pasture and survive? Well, think of how many people are alive today doing just that. How many are still living in Lodavar? How many are still living in a wasteland? How many are still living distant from the king? How many are still living plagued by their, their lame condition? See, it's only the king's table feeding at his table constant feeding at his table that will change us. Help us to overcome what we can't overcome on our own. Help us to overcome what this world cannot help us overcome. Feeding at all other tables comes to an abrupt end. We understand that only the king's table is eternal. Feeding at all other tables comes to an abrupt end. One day there's no more courses. The menu is instantly dissolved. It vanishes. Only the king's table is eternal. You know, our only hope of overcoming the lame nature 
is constant feeding at the king's table. Our only hope of overcoming our lame nature is the divine spread that he has prepared for us and set on his table. Thank the king that he's welcomed us. That we have a seat at his table. That he showed us such kindness. Now, I find this very interesting. The name Mephibosheth, what does it mean? Well, the name means exterminating the idol. Exterminating the idol. You see, without the king's table, we cannot fulfill the meaning of this name. We'll have a life filled with with idols. Other things. Other things rather than the Lord. You know what's on the king's table? The cross. The perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God. You know what's on the king's table? The wine of the kingdom. The communion of the kingdom. The fruits of the kingdom. The bread of heaven. You see, there's no feast that this life can offer that can give us the strength we need to fulfill the name given to us. Only the feast on the king's table can give us the strength to exterminate the idol and overcome the lame nature. And we all struggle with these things. Little idols in our lives. You see, we can't live up to the name and exterminate the idols without the help of the Lord. Without feeding and feasting on what's on His table. We can't head to the table the world has prepared for us and hope to get it right. That's why the Lord is saying, come to my table and have all your meals here. Where are we today? In a place without pasture? I ask what table are we seated at? Whose feast are we partaking of? Are we those that are partaking of the king's king's feast? Or are we those that are partaking of something else? Trying to fill our life with something else. Trying to satisfy ourselves with something else. Now, for the Christian, you know, the obvious default answer is, yeah, I'm taking all my meals at the king's table. But, you know, we can break life down and we can really take a look and find out if we're honest before the Lord. There are other things in our lives. We'd say that we don't have any idols, but is that true? Are all the idols exterminated? Second Samuel 9.13, So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table. Listen to the message. Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem taking all his meals at the king's table. You see, constant feeding at the king's table, that's what we need. 
That's who we need to be. We understand that in the natural, we can't just pull up a seat at a table and and stay there forever. We're not talking about natural things tonight, although it definitely affects all that is natural. What we're talking about tonight is position. It's this kind of life, positioned, stationed, situated, located, seated at the king's table. It's a life that is lived from this position. Will you live your life from that position, seated at the king's table, partaking only of what he provides? Or are other positions more attractive? And this one not so attractive. The question today is, will we move? And this is twofold. First, will we move? Second Samuel 9.13, but Mephibosheth, who was lame in both feet, moved to Jerusalem to live at the palace. I want to ask tonight, are we willing to move into God's country? Are we willing to leave Lodabar behind and move to Jerusalem to live at the palace with the king? You see, you know what happens if we come once to Jerusalem and eat at the king's table and then head back to continue to live in Lodabar? The distance, it will kill us. And we will end up feasting once again in that old pastureless land. See, we have to get close. We need a new address, a new location, a new city. We cannot keep our old address. It's not possible. So I ask, will we move? And that's a decision we all have to make. You see, they can come to try and fetch us and bring us. And there might be people trying to fetch you (laughs) to bring you into the kingdom, or we might be those that are going out to try and fetch others to bring them, that the kindness and mercy of God can be shown to them, but the truth is they have to decide to come. And then when they come and the king says, have all your meals here and stay here, they have to make the decision. A new address, new location, leave it all behind. You see, people struggle with leaving it all behind. They can't come to Christ and all things become new. They, they like the old. They want to keep the old address. It's not a new address. It's not a permanent move. Second, will we move? Once we're seated at the king's table, once we're living in God's country, once we find our position at his table and we're taking all our meals at his table, that's the position we are living life from. Here's a question, do we have to stay forever? Well, the answer is no. But why wouldn't we? You see, you don't have to stay. God's given you free will. God's given all of us the option to walk out, to get up, Let the silverware go and just walk out. 
And I wonder if we're living a life like that. Like this chaotic existence where we're positioned and then we're not. And then we're positioned and then we're not. We're positioned for a week and then we're not. We're positioned on Sunday and then the rest of the week. We don't even know where the table of the Lord is. See, God didn't say, have some of your meals here. Just a few. You know, the other thing is God doesn't serve fast food, and I'm sure thankful he doesn't. It's well prepared. You sit down and you, you dine and you feast. And that's a bit of a dilemma in our culture nowadays, isn't it? We treat it like it's, it's fast food. Hurry up. Why am I waiting? God's calling us to a much deeper life than most of us would admit. And that might scare us. And that's good. Because this is serious. That's why he says, take all your meals at the table. I mean, why would he say that? Now we're drawing application out of it. Well, why would God say that? Why does he say, come when you need food? When you, when you want this food, when you have an appetite for what I've got. You see, some lose the appetite for what's on the king's table. It's like, I've had it already. I don't want it again. Where we live our life from that position. You see, it's simply unbelievable that people would go back to a lame life in a pastureless land after living with the king, after feasting at his table, after communing and dining with him. I want to ask, what on earth are you going back to? What on earth are we going back to? On this earth, are we going back to? What is it? What of earth? Are we trying to return to or find satisfaction at that place or energy? The idols exterminated. What happens is set up once again if we move. The old way of living becomes natural once again. Once again, we begin coping with our lame nature. What starts to happen when people excuse themselves from the table and take off? I'll tell you what starts to happen. Lying to ourselves that we aren't lame and we got this without his table. Ah, oh, there's, there's too many rules at the king's table. I have to behave and act mannerly at the king's table? Last, did you act however you wanted at your parents' table? You see, there are rules in the kingdom of God, and we have to act right. But for some, that's too much, and so they say, I can do life without the table. I know about the table, but it's too hard. Maybe it's at the, there's too many rules. Perhaps we're here today, and we need to move from Lodabar to Jerusalem, or perhaps we're here today, and we're contemplating moving back to Lodabar, and I just say tonight, don't. And maybe this is for one person here tonight. Hold to the position. You know how many things come at us to dislodge us 
from that position, living our life from a position of being seated at the king's table and taking all our meals there. See, the enemy comes to lie. It's okay. Excuse yourself for one meal. Miss one meal time. Isn't that how it starts? I mean, we could talk about church attendance right now if we really wanted to. Miss one meal time. Don't worry about it. And then pretty soon you're missing all the meals. And so what do you do? You find a fast food joint. We call it the internet. We call it the podcast. There's a big menu out there. It's not good for you because you're finding messages you want to find that make you feel good right where you're at. Fast food isn't good for you. Newsflash. Throwing a lot of things out there tonight, but I just, I I really want to encourage us to seat ourselves at the table and live from that position. Perhaps we're here today and we have moved back to Lodabar. You know what I'd say tonight? The king is very gracious. Maybe you're here tonight and you just say, I can't go back. I left. I dishonored his table. I was disrespectful. I didn't follow the rules. Doing my own thing. Well, Psalm 103, verse 8, it says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. God is so merciful. Now, this doesn't mean we abuse the grace. We understand that. This doesn't mean we abuse the mercy and go on sinning. You know, in the New Testament, it was, that was laid to rest. We don't do that. (laughs) But if we have walked away and left the king's table, he wants us back. And the seat's still there. I can't help but think of a similar type story. And we all know the story of the prodigal son. How he took his inheritance and traded the father's table for a swine's feeding trough. Until one day he came to his senses. We're going to read this, Luke 15, verses 11 to 20. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's Have bread enough to spare, bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. In verse 20, 24, he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against 
heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. You know, when you think about our condition, my, we have a lot of lame nature that needs overcoming. Every single one of us. We have a lot of lame nature that needs overcoming mindsets, manners, attitudes, character deficiencies. We could compile quite the list tonight. The only thing that allows us to walk overcoming the lame nature, our lame nature, is constant feeding at the king's table. You're saying, well, Methusheth wasn't healed, he was lame. I just look at that as a good reminder of my condition without Christ. That we never get over needing Him. We don't one day graduate in this life and no longer need the King's table, no longer need the food prepared, no longer need to feed. Say glory to glory, strength to strength, we ever need to increase. Be taking more and more in. Hold to the position. Let's have the worship team return. It's time to live up to our name and exterminate some idols. It's time to pack up once and for all and move to Jerusalem. It's time to position ourselves for good at the king's table. 2 Samuel 9, 13. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table. I don't know if you know the story how he became lame. Most of us do. He was being carried as they fled. This is a child and was dropped. You know, without the king's table, we are children that have fallen. Lame from the fall. Living a desert life. Distance from the king. But he's so merciful. Is there anyone left I can show my kindness to? I mean, I think the Lord looks down from heaven on the earth and he's saying, is there anyone left I can show my kindness to? Is there anyone left in Alberta? Is there anyone left in Edmonton that I can show my kindness to? Go and get them, bring them. That they might continually continually feed at my table. Let's stand tonight. Just begin to thank the Lord for the mercy He's shown you.
Lord, let us never lose the wonder of the invitation. You showed such kindness to those that were just lame, living a desert life. And God, you've welcomed us. You've welcomed us in. I pray, Lord, that the old addresses would, would be left behind tonight. Lord, we would not desire to go back to the old life. Lord, that we would live up to our name, and that's only because of your strength and your power helping us, that all idols would be exterminated. Lord, I pray that we would be those that never take the position you've given us at your table for granted. But Lord, every day we would be humbled by it. We can take all our meals at the king's table. Lord, that we'd never tire of the feast you've laid out for us. Lord, we continually feed. God, when we do feel weak, that we would eat what's on your table. We need energy. We'd partake of what you've laid out on the table. Love you, Jesus. Come on, just in your own words, just thank him for his mercy and his grace tonight. Thank you, Lord.